have you been tested for some degree of cognitive decline? I've been tested and I'm constantly tested. Look, all you all I got to do is watch me and I can hardly wait to compare my cognitive capability to the cognitive capability of the man I'm running against. But please clarify specifically, have you taken a cognitive no, test? No, I haven't taken a test. Why the hell would I take a test? Come on, man. That's like saying you, before you got in this program, if you take a test where you're taking cocaine or not, what do you think, huh? Are, are you a junkie? What are you- hey, man, you a junkie? You're taking cocaine? Oh, hell no. Why would I? T- why the hell would I take a test? Hey, why would I? And he just said the last time, I'm tested regularly. Look forward to testing my cognitive abilities against Trump. Wow. Wow. Are you, are, you, are you a junkie? Where does this come from? Anyway, glad you're with us. Toll free. It's 800-941-SEAN. You want to be a part of the program. Uh, I'm very excited. By the way, thank you all. Uh, debuting Live Free or Die, number one, uh, Amazon.com. Uh, it's on Hannity.com. Now in bookstores. It's actually really in a bookstore. And the launch is here, and uh, we're getting very good feedback. This is the definitive, this is the guide for all you need to know. What is at stake in just 90 days as we are now at the three-month mark, and I think the biggest choice tipping point change election in American history. It's, it's liberty, freedom. It is, it is capitalism versus socialism. It's all on the line. Uh, have a, had a lot of great, great events. Uh, very excited about it. Um, oh, we're doing our Reagan Library event tonight. I was Last time when we were at Reagan Library over 10 years ago, we went out there, and I, I, at the time, and I think Mark Levin may have shattered the record after, but they literally, the police had to stop people from coming up the hill to get in, and it was such a wonderful you know, memory for me in my life. And we had such a great time. It's an amazing, if you haven't been in the Reagan library, you need to go out there. Our plans had been to go out there, but that's at uh, seven o'clock tonight. And all of this is uh, online. And then we're really, really happy to talk about and tell you about uh, something that you can all be a part of. And that is happening at six 30 tomorrow is it six we're gonna yeah. save some of this sean some of this no, is the one for tomorrow just this is one anyone can in, join so t- tomorrow anybody can join 6 30 details are coming right after radio details right after are coming radio. and are coming. we'll have it all on but tomorrow night is the nixon library at 10 30 after tv so but we've got seven o'clock tonight at reagan we've got 6 30 tomorrow after radio online and we've got nixon library tomorrow night at 10 30 so we got a lot of big stuff coming up in the next two days very excited, and thanks to all of you for your support. And it's everything that we've said and all the detail that I'll never, ever have the time to get into on any one radio show. Um, but very excited about, um, uh, you know, the enthusiastic response, reaction, everybody. Listen, I, the great thing about Amazon.com, when you go there, it's act there. Did you see they discounted it? Did you notice they've changed the price on it now a number of times? And it goes up, and then they sneak it down. And we just look before, it's like 34% off right now, which I love. And by the way, you know what? If you have a family, read it and just pass it on to somebody. I'm not saying to buy one for every, don't buy one for every, buy one and share it with 10 people. You know, be your own little information library for 2020, because it's it's not about me, the book, or it's not about being number one. It's, it's honestly about what's going to happen in 90 days 
because I got this five alarm fire I keep telling you about going on in my head and my heart and my soul, and I just is too much at stake. I don't want to be speaking of Reagan who said freedom's one generation, but one generation away from extinction. I don't want to be the generation that makes it extinct. And the stated agenda of Joe Biden now adopting his economic czar and lifting and plagiarizing Bernie Sanders socialist radical agenda and AOC, her, his new Green Deal czar and, and Beto Bozo, his, his gun confiscations czar, it's a disaster. It's it, it it will never end well. We're going to get rid of oil, gas, kill millions and millions of high paying career jobs and in the process offer everybody everything for free when nothing ever works or is all the promises of everything free is never going to work out the way they said. And then what happens in the end of it? We're screwed. That That's the end of it. That's how bad it gets for everybody. Um, not only do we have Biden, what that that those comments you just heard are scary. Uh, you know, for, let's go back to his previous comments. Well, let me even take it back a step further, because this is about Biden's cognitive ability. Now, if it was fair and I'm doing a Reagan library event tonight, if it was fair to ask Ronald Wilson Reagan, you know, and the question was after the first debate didn't go great with Walter Mondale. My theory is, is, you know, people that prep presidents for debates a lot of times they're just trying to fill their heads. Remember this, remember this, remember this. It, it may not be that individual strength. Like, for example, I, I could tell you with pinpoint accuracy, the Reagan record in, in chapter, verse, and detail. And I could do the same for George Herbert Walker Bush. And I can do the same for Bill Clinton as president. And Newt Gingrich as speaker. And then, of course, I could do it for George W. Bush. And Barack Obama. And I can give you Donald Trump's accomplishments. Now, if you ask me, you know, who was on the show last Thursday or last Wednesday, except for Bill O'Reilly, who's usually on Wednesdays and he is today. I can't really I, I, I can't give you I can't tell you who it was just the way my mind works. There's so much so much bandwidth, as I've been saying a lot lately and for information and and certain things that I like to have etched in my brain. So I think they overprepared Reagan. But by the second debate, the age question that was given and his, you know, now infamous response or famous response, which was, well, I'm not going to allow my youth's uh, age and, and youth and inexperience to be a factor in this campaign. Walter Mondale knew the race was over right then and there. It was that amazing. And there are always those moments. But they asked the question, the mob and the media, they're just protecting Biden in the basement bunker. It's something I've never seen before. Now, this this is what they're protecting. Now, imagine if this was a traditional campaign. We didn't have the COVID worst pandemic since 1917 and 18. But imagine that Biden actually had to be out there campaigning every day and it would be an unmitigated disaster. Just uh, here's a quick reminder. Some of his highlights. If you agree with me. Go to Joe 30330. I'm here to ask you for your help. Where I come from, you don't get far unless you ask. My name's Joe Biden. I'm a Democratic candidate for the United States Senate. 
Look me over. If you like what you see, help out. If not, vote for the other guy. Give me a look, though, okay? We choose truth over facts. Play the radio. Make sure the television, the, excuse me, make sure you have the record player on at night. The, the, the phone. Make sure the kids hear words. No man has a right to raise a hand to a woman. We have to just change the culture, period, and keep punching at it and punching at it and punching at it. Poor kids are just as bright and just as talented as white kids. But if Donald Donald Trump is re-elected. <laughs> Freudian slip. Donald Trump does pose an excellent strength to this. The, it's not hypothetical. We hold these truths to be self-evident. All men and women created by the, go. You know the you know the thing. The words that stunned the nation, and I would argue, I know, shocked the world. International leaders spoke about it. You had people like Margaret. Thatcher, excuse me. You had people like the, the former chairman and leader of the party in in Germany. You had Angela Merkel. Just like in my generation, when I got out of school, that uh, when Bobby Kennedy and Dr. King had been assassinated in, in the 70s, uh, late 70s. When I got engaged, my son, the one who, my deceased son, was the attorney general of the United States. And before that, he was a federal prosecutor in one of the largest offices in the country, the, in, in Philadelphia. Look, tomorrow is Superstar Tuesday. And I want to thank you all. I tell you what, I'm rushing ahead, aren't I? Detail. That's something I've heard from some voters, maybe not at your events, but well, details. No, but the details are irrelevant. I just spoke at, a, at Dartmouth on health care at the medical school or not i guess i wasn't actually on the campus but the people from the medical school were at the I'm, i want to be clear i'm not going nuts i'm not sure whether it was the medical school or where the hell i spoke but it was on the campus and folks you know all those democrats who won uh, against incumbents uh, from jimmy carter to a guy named clinton to a guy named obama my good friend guess what they had overwhelming African-American support. Although I had met uh, Sully and his wife at an event in Los Angeles back in the, in the spring, late fall, early, I mean, late spring, late winter, early fall, early, anyway, you know what I mean. <laughs> you must register that weapon. You must register it. When you register it, the likelihood of it being used diminishes exponentially. One of the things I'm proudest of is getting passed, getting moved, get, getting control of the Paris Climate Accord. I'm the guy that came back after meeting with Deng Xiaoping and making the case that I believe China would join if we put pressure on them. Why in God's name should someone who's clipping coupons in the stock market make, in fact, pay a lower tax rate than someone who, in fact, is, uh, like I said, the, a school teacher and a firefighter? Chipping in support our campaign. Text Joe 23. Excuse me, I got to get this right. Joe, to 30330. We hold these truths to be self-evident. All men and women created by the goal, you know the, you know the thing. But please clarify specifically, have you taken a cognitive no, test? No, I haven't taken a test. Why the hell would I take a test? Come on, man. That's like saying you, before you got in this program, if you take a test where you're taking cocaine or not, what do you think, huh? Are, are you a junkie? What do you Okay, I've taken plenty of them. Actually said that. Come on, man. Come on, man. Come on, man. You take a cocaine test? You a junkie? Come on, man. Literally, okay. I want that like as my ringtone. <laughs> That's pretty funny. I just can't. Uh, I mean, it's bad. I got some good news today. 
Washington Examiner, the economy is on course for a record jump in GDP in the third quarter. And by the way, this will be announced before the election in November. Uh, Doug Holtz-Eakin, president of the, uh, the think tank American Action Forum, it's going to be double digits. Existing record for GDP growth is 16.7% annual rate. That was in 1950. Several projections now expect GDP growth in the third quarter. Uh, just what? Oh, it's actually days, October 29th, before the November 3rd elections. S&P Global Ratings projecting 22.2% jump, third, third quarter GDP. Wells Fargo Security, 18% growth, they're projecting. Um, which, by the way, a projection it revised downward by 6% because of the more recent hot spots and spikes in Corona. Uh, Holt Zekin expects 20% range. Atlanta Fed is at 20%. You know what that means? That's great. And then we're in final phase trials, human trials for a vaccine. Amazing. I always said that medicine would pull us through this, the American it way, the American it innovation. That's what this election is about, by the way. You decide in 90 days. Think about that. What do you want to hear late night, November 3rd, or early the morning of November 4th. We can now project. What do you want the mob and the media to say next? Because that's what's at stake. Again, thank you so much for making Live Free or Die um, number one, a debuting number one. You made that happen. Um, Hannity.com. We have our interactive election map. Early voting starts in just, what, a couple of weeks in Florida, some other places. We need to know that. And um, we have the Reagan Library event tonight and a special event we're going to put up some point today that all of you can join. You don't, you don't have to buy anything. Anybody can come. And it's going to be a lot of fun uh, tomorrow night. I'm going to play the exchange later The uh, between Lindsey Graham and Sally Yates today. I mean, Lindsey Graham literally has to pull teeth. Remember, she signed one of the FISA applications. Knowing what you know now, would you sign it? Was it true? And, and, and I mean, just put, it's this is how corrupt the whole system is. I, you know, she says, I don't remember everything, um, but I do remember that Barack Obama did everything right. Huh? Either you remember or you don't remember. You can't have it both ways. Pretty unbelievable. She eventually admitted that Carter Page's FISA application, the backdoor to spy on a presidential candidate, and then later deep into the presidency of Donald Trump, uh, was bogus. We'll get to that in the next half hour. Uh, also, we got a lot more 2020 news we're going to get to. It's the 90-day mark, 90 days. Um, we have a lot of good stuff. We're going to get an update how Louis Gohmert's feeling today. Bill O'Reilly is going to join us. So I did this interview with O'Reilly last night, and he's been warning me for a month. This is not going to be a cupcake interview, Hannity. And I'm like, what does that mean? Was I supposed to lose sleep? And, and be up all night worrying about what the questions may be. Oh, by the way, I was not. And so I decided I'm going to let him today. We're going to talk about politics and the current events and everything that's going on. But then I want to, I'm going to actually do something really brave in radio. I'll let him give me a radio non-cupcake interview. What do you think of that, Linda? You like that idea? I love it. I was thinking about I like that anything that has today. to do with cupcakes, actually. Oh, yeah, well, that's true. We can talk about that a little bit later. That actually is a really good point. Uh, Kevin McCarthy looks like he's moving now towards principles laid out for what this 90-day election should be about. 
Not that the mob and the media would ever want it to be about anything substantive. Saddest part about the media Democrats, they're just liars. They don't care at all about truth as long as it advances their crazy agenda. I'm glad you're with us. Yes, finally released. Hey, thank you for debuting it at number one. It's not about that for me. It's about what happens in 90 days. This is everything I'm saying. America, the world on the brink. We're either going to live free or we're going to follow the path. Every form it's been tried under every different name. You name it. I have a whole chapter about the uh, of socialism, the history of failure. That's what's at stake. By the way, very excited. Um, my first vote for president was for Ronald Reagan in his first term. I was born in 1961. I voted for Ronald Wilson Reagan proudly, followed his presidency. I can give you a chapter and verse on it. We had great events in the past at the Reagan Library. Our plans were, you know, the hardest thing for me about not being out on the road to do a lot of these events is that when I think about, okay, I get to go, I get the Reagan Library, I'll do the Nixon Library, I'm going to go to Salt Lake City, I'm going to see my buddy Rod Arquette. We actually, when I go to California, it's In-N-Out Burger. By the way, very proud of myself. I now have it what do you call it um it's when you have it in the lettuce wrap there's a name for it i forget at and then at no animal styles the onions they have this whole code with this whole thing anyway so i get it that now it's a little messy when you eat something in a lettuce wrap but it actually is more refreshing than the bun and i just don't eat that much bread anymore but i just when i'm out in california once a day double double protein style Double, double protein style. That's it. Thank you very much. You're welcome. Double, double uh, protein style, animal style. No, not animal style. I never said that. Animal style is the chopped onions that I like, if you don't mind. I love it. It's like the cleanest place. But that wasn't the question. It wasn't the question. But then we were planning, when we were going to go to Salt Lake City, going to see my buddy Rod Arquette, and we were going to do the event from Crown Burger. I haven't had a crown burger in years. You can't imagine. They put pastrami on this crown burger. And I'm not a big sweet tooth guy. But I but they have the best shakes. Like In N Out Burger. They they you watch them make the French fries out of real potatoes. And every day they clean the oil. I'll never forget I I'd I'd work a whole summer at, you know, like a concession stand. Remember doing that? For a while at Rath Park and Echo Park in Long Island. One of the few jobs I don't mention because I didn't have it that long. And they'd never changed the oil for the french fries the whole summer. It's the same oil. Terrible, That's actually right? really disgusting. I'm, I'm just telling you. I mean, you weren't supposed to. It's not like I, it was my job and I didn't do it. It's just you weren't supposed to. I worked in restaurants. They didn't change it as often as you think, but they change it every day. And it's like the cleanest place you'd ever want to go. And the same with Crown Burger. They put pastr- Can you imagine pastrami? On a hamburger. It is so good with their special whatever sauce. So good. It's amazing. But, you know, we're proud of being uh, able to do what we're doing. Great event with the Reagan Library tonight. Uh, We have uh, an event tomorrow night that anybody can join. By the way, it's free of charge. You don't have to do anything. Um, uh, Also want to announce that, you know, uh, first of all, it's kind of exciting that now the book is in bookstores. Usually I was always given reports Oh, yeah, Hannity, I went in to get your book. It was buried all the way in the back of the store, like uh, at the highest level. I'm like, really? Politics? Um, but apparently a number of these stores are, are prominently displaying it, which we're very happy about. Some fairness in life. 
I don't expect uh, I don't expect the New York Times book review on my book. They've never reviewed one of them. They only do it for their liberal friends. Um, we, you know, the other thing that works really well if you go on Amazon.com is you can just download the ebook, which a lot of people do. And the other thing is, you know, for those people that are over the road, drive, etc. Um, I spend. I don't know what did the final version come out in terms of audio. I think it. I was almost twenty hours I spent, and. I didn't know that most authors don't read their own book for the audio version. And I did it for two others. I didn't do it for the last book, but I did it for two others. So much work, but I, I did it all on one Saturday, and one Sunday. I just didn't stop. Started early in the morning, knocked it out 10 hours the first day, almost 10 hours the next day. And, and then you have to do a few edits later on down the roads in case you don't even know you messed up, but you messed up. You want to make it right. So anyway, that's available too. Uh, Hannity.com, Amazon.com. Uh, if you want the ebook, audiobook, hard, hard, they mail it right out. The great thing too about Amazon is they're now selling it for thirty-four percent off, which is awesome. I noticed they they started at the high price, then they brought it down, then they brought it up. Do you know they bring it up and down a lot? Yeah, they want to listen. If you're on there one day, you get you know. It's why you always got to stay active. You got to see what the deals are on any given day. That encourages buying participation. I want people to pay as little as possible for it. I I don't set the price. That's a publisher decision, like every other decision about distribution. That's actually a retailer decision, decision, but well, the publisher in terms of. That's true. The, the suggested retail price, the actual retail, retail price, price, and then the list price. price. Yeah, you you know, there's that. a lot going on. Well, in terms of distribution, all that stuff, I, I have no involvement in any of that. That's right. That's why you should host your talk show. Right, which is and exactly what I'm doing. And I'll handle the back end. Anyway, so live free or die, America and the world on the brink. It's not a joke to me. This is real. Um, I'd like to know what happened all of the, all of the law breaking. I think the evidence now is overwhelming and controvertible. Everything we told you, starting with Hillary Clinton and, of course, the email server scandal, top secret classified information, that's not even in dispute on her computer, her secret server. And then, of course, subpoenaed emails deleted and then cleaned the hard drive with bleach bit and then the hammers. That all happened. This country was dragged through the mud three solid, long years of hell. And now we know that Trump-Russia collusion never happened. And they knew it didn't happen the whole time. Never mind, you know, not taking the warnings prior to even the first FISA application, which was based almost, you know, remember Bob uh, McCabe said, Andrew McCabe, deputy FBI director, without the dirty Clinton bought and paid for Russian disinformation dossier, it's important because I thought the mob and the media and Democrats cared about Russian interference. Hillary play, paid for it. Now we know not only unverifiable, but debunked. That was the bulk of information without which they would not have gotten the FISA applications approved. Bulk of information used that against it. Sally Yates went before Lindsey Graham's Senate Judiciary Committee uh, earlier today, and she signed... One of those FISA applications based on, remember, it says, it's, it's literally says, you know, verified at the top of the, the application. She signed it. That's her name. And we know what that means. Anyway, so watch how hard it was for Lindsey Graham to get a simple answer 
out of Sally Yates. Now, remember Rod Rosenstein. He signed the third renewal warrant, the fourth warrant in total. There were four of them, three months each, 90 days each, to take away the civil rights and constitutional liberties of Carter Page, but really to spy on candidate Trump. And as the Attorney General Bill Barr said, deep into the Trump presidency. And Rod Rosenstein had admitted to Senator Graham's Judiciary Committee that, in fact, knowing what he knows now, absolutely wouldn't have signed it. And then that means that Robert Mueller would never have happened. And now we know, but, you know, they were warned before the first FISA application. We know that Comey lied when he went to Trump Tower and said it's salacious and unverified. But months earlier, he signed the FISA application that said verified. And we know that Kathleen Kavlik and Bruce Orr warned them all not to sign it because Clinton paid for it. Christopher Steele hated Donald Trump and had an agenda and none of it was verified, but they used it anyway because they hated Donald Trump and they thought they knew better. And then, you know, Comey speaking both out of both sides of his faces always. Anyway, well, now that Rod Rosenstein says he never would have signed that FISA application again. Well, he's trying to get the same answer out of Sally Yates. Listen how long it takes to get to the truth. You signed that warrant application in October and January. Is that correct? That's right. Knowing now, knowing then what you know now, would you sign that application? Senator, I would never sign any document. So I take that to be a no because that document was a fraud. Is that a fair statement? If you knew then what you know now, you wouldn't have signed it? I wouldn't sign anything that I knew to contain errors or omissions. Well, did that contain errors and omissions? Yeah, and I would never knowingly sign a document. Right. I, I didn't do that in the 27 years. I, I believe you didn't know. I believe you didn't know that what you signed was wrong. The question is, if you had known, you wouldn't have signed it. Is that correct? No, if I had known that it contained incorrect information, I, I certainly wouldn't have signed it. Thank you. And do you agree with me it did contain incorrect information? I, I know that now based on the Horowitz report. That's all I'm trying to say. I'm not saying that you lied to the court. I'm saying you signed something that was a lie and you didn't know it. She signed something. Look at the, how hard it is to get to an answer. Senator Lindsey Graham uh, stopping by with us. Sir, how are you? Well, I feel like I've been in a boxing match. I mean, that was a tough, but bad day for Comey, my friend. Bad day for Comey. Said uh, James Comey went rogue. Says she yeah. was irritated with James Comey. Tell me what you learned today. Well, I learned a lot today. I learned that she wouldn't have signed the warrant application if she knew then what she knew now. That's two people who signed it, so we're going to keep going, right? Uh, I learned today that Bruce Orr was her deputy, and she had no idea that Bruce Orr was working with Steele. She didn't even know he was involved in the case at all, shouldn't have been, that he went rogue. Uh, We've learned today that the whole system around the Carter Page warrant failed. She's sitting at the top and really didn't know much about anything. But we also learned today what I thought was very important, that Biden was in the January 5th meeting, that they talked about the Logan Act, but she couldn't remember if it was in the meeting or after. Uh, But she told Comey, don't interview Flynn. I'm going to go tell the White House they've got a problem with Flynn. Uh, They deserve to be briefed. You would do this for Obama. We're going to do it for Trump. She specifically told him not to interview Flynn. He sets up an interview with Flynn behind her back. McCabe talks to Flynn saying, you don't need a lawyer. If you get a lawyer, it's going to slow things down. And Flynn tells McCabe, well, you got the transcript. You know what I said. 
and they send two FBI agents over to talk to General Flynn, unbeknownst to Sally Yates, contrary to her instructions. And when I asked her, did uh, Comey go rogue when it came to Flynn, she said yes. That sounds to me, remember, and James <laughs> Comey was warned multiple times before the first FISA application that Hillary paid for it. It's unverified, and Christopher Steele had an agenda. Numerous people warned him then, but Too then high. it gets even worse because he signed three of the four FISA applications, and now we know, based on your hard work, this new document that we recently had, we first knew that the subsource had said, th this was bar talk, this this wasn't real, we were just messing around, it wasn't meant for anything, meaning the dirty dossier, and the 40-plus pages of declassified information you recently released told us what also. Yeah, I mean, and, and you know, Ted Cruz asked her about, you know, there were 16 people running for president. Uh, do you agree with me that Donald Trump was the only Republican surveilled by the uh, Obama administration? She says, well, you know, the, the Trump campaign wasn't surveilled. Well, what do you call what they did to Carter Page? She said, well, he wasn't on the campaign at the time they got the warrant. Which is silly. They got the warrant based on his time at the campaign, right? Then I interjected, what about Papadopoulos? The government set up a, a recording of his conversation overseas directed by our government. You got two campaign people associated with the Trump campaign being surveilled by the government. If that's not surveilling the Trump campaign, what would be? That's such a good point. And, and uh, Senator Hawley got her to admit she was actually duped by the FBI. What, what, what yeah. does this mean today? What have you learned today about Mr. Higher Honor, James Comey? Comey, every time there was a stop sign, he ran it. Sally Eight said she didn't know that the dossier was paid for by the DNC. She said there was a suspicion. Well, they knew in July of 2016. They got the first warrant in October of 2016. In July of 2016, Bruce Orr knew that. Now, who's Bruce Orr? He is Sally Yates' deputy. He's running around coordinating interviews with Steele. His wife works at Fusion GPS, which was paid by the Democratic Party to hire Christopher Steele. She didn't know any of this stuff. But what's mm -hmm. so important is you see a constant... Uh, behavior by, by Comey. Every time he's supposed to stop, he runs the stop sign. Uh, they were told in October, you better watch Steele. Or tells McCabe that. Uh, the State Department calls up the FBI. We have this Steele guy coming over, giving us a, uh, this document called the dossier. We're suspicious of him. Um, all I can say is that the fact that Flynn's interview was set up against her wishes and behind her back. But there's one other thing. She admitted, too, just like Andrew McCabe, that the dossier was critically important to the FISA application. 100%. And, you know, asked by Senator Kennedy why she didn't independently fact-check the two applications, she didn't have a good answer. Uh, you, would th you thought that someone that was surveilling the president of the United States and you didn't check to make sure, I'm sorry, isn't ignorance of the law. If you're going to put your, you're going to sign a document a FISA application that says verified and it's not Lindsey Graham. Is that fraud on the court, sir? I only have about well, 15 that, seconds. That, that's certainly misrepresenting, um, uh, you know, to the court, the true facts. But Misrepresenting or fraud? Well, you got to, fraud's an intentional crime. You got to prove that and intent that they knew it was uh, a lie and they told it anyway. Bottom line is Kobe set, Comey set up Flynn is what I learned today. Right. There was no legitimate wow. reason to be talking to Flynn. He did it oh. in a rogue fashion. That's what I learned today.
All right, Lindsey Graham, we'll have more on this tonight on Hannity with the video. You're not going to want to miss it. The purpose of this meeting was for the president to find out whether, based on the calls between Ambassador Kislyak and General Flynn, the transition team needed to be careful about what it was sharing with General Flynn. During the meeting, the president, the vice president, and the national security advisor did not in any way attempt to direct or influence any kind of investigation. Something like that would have set off alarms for me, and it would have stuck out both at the time and in my memory. No such thing happened. The president was focused entirely on the national security implications of sharing sensitive intelligence information with General Flynn during the transition, a process that was obviously already underway at the White House. You signed that warrant application in October and January, is that correct? That's right. Knowing now, knowing then what you know now, would you sign that application? Senator, I would never sign any document. So I take that to be a no, because that document was a fraud. Is that a fair statement? If you knew then what you know now, you wouldn't have signed it? I wouldn't sign anything that I knew to contain errors or omissions. What did that contain errors and omissions? Yeah, and I would never knowingly sign a document. I I didn't do that in the 27 years I was I believe you didn't know. I believe you didn't know that what you signed was wrong. The question is, if you had known, you wouldn't sign it. Is that correct? No, if I had known that it contained incorrect information, I, I certainly wouldn't have signed it. Thank you. And do you agree with me it did contain incorrect information? I I know that now based on the Horowitz report. That's all I'm trying to say. I'm not saying that you lied to the court. I'm saying you signed something that was a lie and you didn't know it. Wow, powerful moment uh, at the hearings. That was Sally Yates. She did sign the second FISA application warrant, knowing now that it was false. Would she sign it? No. Think the mob and the media will even care about that that simple, basic, fundamental truth? No. Typical. All right. Our by the way, I do a whole chapter of this in Live Free or Die. I it is this is what they've not, they've spent three plus years of libel, slander, smears, besmirchment, character assassination, and frankly, uh they were all warned. By this point, we had the subsource on record, you know, saying and, and all the other admonitions and warnings from the State Department, Kathleen Kavlak and Bruce Orr and everybody else. Oh, no, no, it's not verified. Hillary paid for it. And, and Christopher Steele has an agenda. They verified nothing. Why would you sign something if, if you cannot if you, if you cannot testify to the fact that it's been signed anyway? Um, hour two, eight hundred nine four one. Sean Hannity dot com, Amazon dot com. That that chapter probably was uh, you know the easiest to write because I had so much to go with. But also, I couldn't believe how much I had forgotten over time. But it's time now for well, I'll let the music tell you. All right, if you hear Leonard Skinner's "Simple Man," that means that only one thing. All things BillOReilly.com. So for a month, I have been living in a state of panic, panic attacks, worry, concern, sleeplessness, because Bill O'Reilly's been saying to me every chance he gets, I'm just warning you, Hannity, you're going to know spin zone. There's, this is not going to be a cupcake interview. Well, I survived last night, Mr. O'Reilly, and uh, I heard 
that it was uh, one of your most uh, highly rated uh, segments ever on BillOReilly.com. Yeah, I, uh, we did very well with it. It went all over the world, not just the United States. And uh, the mail that I got, which was voluminous, said, well, we saw a different side of Hannity. You know, we we didn't know that he was really a human being. Okay, we didn't know. We thought he was like made in a factory and came out and did four hours of analysis every day. So that was really um, the, uh, I think, the most, different point in the interview is that because we've known each other so long, I was able to give you a little gas and you give it right back to me, um, which is fun. But it's also instructive. You made a good point that in your book, uh, you reiterate what you have analyzed the past three years. But a lot of people forget and and so in your book, you basically are reminding the nation and the world. And myself when I was writing it, because I yeah, forgot that, it. But the most important point, the takeaway, because I did read the book, is that this was a massive fraud. And you know what I, what I really believe that people don't hone in on is that if this had been in business, for example, or in another industry other than politics, there would be a massive lawsuit against the people who perpetrated the fraud. And it would go all the way back to the Democratic National Committee, which hired the people that put the fraud together. And they would have to all go into court, federal court, because it would be a, um, a, a federal fraud civil action. And they would be deposed and, and all of those things. But because it's under the blanket of a political campaign, we don't have that. Now, I think Trump could sue civilly. Uh, he's still an American citizen, even though he's a president. Um, I'm not an attorney, but I think he could. But, but um, Bill, you, wait, we, we both know something here. This is very important for everybody to understand. Times v. Sullivan, if you're a public figure, the bar is so high. I mean, basically... No, no, but there's a difference here. It's true that they can smear me and you, and they have for more than two decades, and Donald Trump and anybody in the public arena, and then you have difficulty proving malice and damages. But this is a different situation, because basically what the people peddling the dossier did was they corrupted the whole election process. So you could sue on the basis of you were subverting a democracy by issuing a false premise that you knew was false to try to disrupt the entire process. That gets into all kinds of areas. But the, listen, Trump wouldn't be asking for money here. What he wants to do and his attorneys want to do is depose Hillary Clinton and depose James Comey. You see what I'm talking about? But but when you, e but here but, but Bill, there's suit. both sides of the coin. This is something that people don't understand, I think. If you file a lawsuit, you now open yourself up to discovery. Oh, what does he have to lose, Hannity? Well, what is well, he well, have to well, lose? Bill, let me, Here's the problem for most people that you want to sue, you want to sue, you want to sue, you want to sue. And by the way, I, I have the two best libel attorneys 
in America that I have retained. One is Charles Harder. The other is Lynn Wood. Uh, I've retained both of them. Yeah. Yeah. There's very specific reasons, and I'm not going to go into them right now, but, you know, there's a part of me that's had it, and that means that I'm, I have weighed the decision of the financial co- cost discovery depositions. But, you know, when you get to the point where the amount of slander and libel is so outrageous, if somebody at some point doesn't hold these outlets accountable that and, and other people accountable, then guess what, Bill? It's the, the, we, we've now legalized this, this industry that you could say anything. Now, they have very different laws across the pond in Great Britain, for example, and yeah, Ireland, absolutely. for example. Right. And I think they do it a lot better. So do I. And, and I think we should adopt that. But the lawyer lobby is uh, going to fight that ferociously because if you are a famous person in Great Britain, it doesn't matter. You have the same rights as the guy driving the bus. So that's what we need. And the judges in Great Britain also have the power to charge people who file frivolous lawsuits. Garbage. But if the Durham report of the Justice Department doesn't bring closure, I hate that cliche word, I hate it. But if the Durham report doesn't bring closure, and Donald Trump does lose the election in November, I, if I were him, I would look very seriously about blowing the whole thing sky high by filing a federal class action lawsuit that his whole administration was damaged beyond repair by this massive fraud that you clearly lay out in your book. And And I really appreciate it. So I talked to Bill O'Reilly earlier today, and I said, Bill, how did the the cupcake interview go over on your show? And he goes, it it went good, Hannity. See, I told you it wasn't going to be a cupcake interview. I'm going to do something. We're going to keep you for the hour today, in this hour, okay? And I'm going to do something that's probably the bravest thing ever done in radio. Wow. I am going to allow you to give me a a non a cup a non cupcake radio interview. In other words, I'm going to turn the questioning over to you. All and I'm right. going to let you ask me anything you want to ask me. No restrictions like TV. We I didn't even ask at all. Well, what are we going to talk about? I know you wanted to talk about the book, but you you know, people ask me all the time, "Well, what are we going to talk about?" And I'm like, well, probably this and this, but when we get to the show, I never really know. Um, I have certain things that start developing in my head, even like during a break while I'm doing the show live. All right, so let me get this straight. You're handing me the show to interrogate you. Which is <laughs> well, I, probably... Did I say interrogate? I said interview, but okay, let no, it be no, an no, interrogation. You know what I do. You know what I do. <laughs> this is probably the wisest decision you've ever made, handing your show to me. Okay, this is a very (laughs) smart move that you are making. But I'm ready to go. Well, you do pride yourself, and I will say you always ask questions that nobody else asks. You did that last night. I assume you'll do it today. Uh, But, you know, I'm an open book. I don't really hide anything. You know what bothers me about what I do for a living versus what other people do for a living? What do I do? People don't even know. I'm a talk show host. What is a talk show host? Okay, Bill, I can produce thousands of radio TV hours, straight news, no opinion, just the facts, wars, natural disasters, whatever it happens to be. Uh, I also do investigative reporting, the deep state, which we were just talking about, 
vetting Barack Obama. I don't think anyone vetted him harder than I did. Uh, we also give opinion. I'm a conservative. I'm a registered conservative, and I like Donald Trump. Big shocker, right? And then we have fun. We talk about, you know, other stories in the news. So in other words, we're, we're like an entire newspaper. We're the press. People say, well, you're not a journalist. I said I never claimed to be. I'm a talk show host, but that does include straight journalism, investigative journalism, and opinion. These other people, Bill, say that they are journalists. They're not. Well, look, you provide a service. So you can describe whatever you want, but the service is that you put forth your point of view, mostly conservative, but not always. Sometimes it's libertarian. Um, and then people want to hear it. So there shouldn't be any beef on that area. It's just that the liberals don't want to hear any opinions that go against their belief system. And that's very interesting because I like hearing opinions contrary But Bill, to you're not giving me credit for the days that I do. I've done thousands of hours in my career just reporting news, be it no, a natural disaster, be it a war zone, whatever it happens to be. Right. And, you know, you see it a certain way and you compile information and you give it out. And if it wasn't valid, people wouldn't listen. That's the point. So you're successful because... All right, stay right there. I, I got to take okay. a break. And I'm going to turn... This is an act of bravery. I don't know if anybody in radio history has ever done this. Allowing somebody, a guest, to give a non-cupcake interview... Excuse me, an interrogation. Now it's an interrogation. And we'll do that with Bill O'Reilly on the other side. All things O'Reilly, BillOReilly.com. All right, as we continue, Bill O'Reilly, all things BillOReilly.com. Um, okay, so in the next final half hour, we're going to let Bill give me an interrogation non-cupcake interview. But, all right, for the minute and 20 we have right here, assess the presidential race now 90 days out, three months out. Um, anything could happen, obviously. Things will change between now and November 3rd. I think the three debates will be a fiasco, will be a mudslinging uh, extravaganza. Um, and whoever the public feels is more in tune to their needs will win the debates. And the COVID thing has cast a giant shroud over this vote. So it's a motion rather than issues, which is an advantage for Joe Biden. So that's my assessment right now. And if he tries in the 10 seconds, we have, if he tries not to debate, how does that go over? He loses. Read. Show. Yep. All right. The bravest moment of radio when we return. We're going to turn it over to Bill O'Reilly. He wants to interrogate me and give me a non-cupcake interview on radio. Okay. I will be... The victim next as we continue. All right, thanks for making our debut number one on uh, Amazon.com, Hannity.com. Uh, we have a list of events here. We got uh, what do we have tonight, Linda? We have uh, the Reagan we got the Reagan Library. Library tonight, boss. And then we're doing something. It's open to the public tomorrow. You want to tell people what it is? Yeah, sure. So we're going to be doing these two really cool events uh, Thursday and Friday with Sean. Uh, one will be hosted with Sean and a special guest, and Friday is going to be a. Uh, Party book night with me and the boss. We're going to host an event on Friday night, and it's going to be on this great platform called Talk Shop Live, and we're going to have all the details on Hannity.com, so check it out. All right, so that's uh, well, a lot of great things happening as well. Uh, anyway, 25 till the top of the hour, 800-941-SEAN. If you haven't seen our electoral map, do you know that early voting in Florida starts in three weeks? 
that's the kind of information we put on our electoral interactive map on Hannity.com. Uh, early voting, absentee voting, how to do it, who's running in your district. Um, very, very important. Early voting. Democrats, I don't trust anybody with all those early voting, to be honest. Never mind everything else. All right, Bill O'Reilly with us, all things BillOReilly.com, and probably the bravest thing any host has ever done. Bill, uh, I went on his show last night. He was warning me for a month. I didn't sleep. I had insomnia because he promised a non-cupcake interview. I I managed to survive, and we're going to hand over the reins to Mr. O'Reilly to give me an interrogation non-cupcake interview. Mr. O'Reilly, the floor is yours. Okay. Um, Since you know Donald Trump pretty well and you speak to him, um, I don't understand why he's self-destructive in some cases, why he says things that he knows are going to cause him grief. Example, um, maybe I don't uh, accept the uh, results of the election. He says that, and he knows all hell is going to break loose. Why does he do it? Said it in 2016, it didn't impact the election. Um, let me, let, first of all, this is myth. Hannity, you speak to him. Bill, I will never confirm or deny that I speak to anybody, any friend or any source, unless I know, you know, that I would have their blessing and permission to do so. All right, but he told um, me but, to you. Know, to you. I'm going to give you my answer. All right. So I was watching a town hall with Brett Baer and Martha McCallum. And in this town hall, not one, but two people in the town hall stood up. And they said, Mr. President, we love you. We support your policies. We appreciate all you've done for the country. And he goes, and they said, but, but can you maybe just dial it back a little bit? Why do you fight so much? And I thought his answer was very revealing. So I'm really giving you his answer rather than my answer. But I'll give you my analysis, too. He said, well, if I didn't fight, I wouldn't be sitting here today. I wouldn't win. He goes, you know, we've got this entire media establishment against him, Bill. It's 99%. There's very few people that would ever tell the great things that he's done or the successes that he's had. They, they just, they spew hate every second of every day. The Democrats, are they, would, they, would anyone ever acknowledge that Donald Trump's travel ban alone saved countless thousands of American lives? No, they would never acknowledge that. Would they acknowledge that the president's policies that created record low unemployment for every demographic group in this country, unprecedented job creation? Uh, no, they're never going to praise that either, nor will they ever report it if they're in the in the media. Let me give you some some texture and analysis to this. I've known Mitt Romney. I think Mitt Romney in 2012, I think, was the right guy. He would have done a much better job than Barack Obama. After the first debate, I think Mitt Romney had the shot to beat him. And then he's whoever gave him the advice to lay back and debate two and three. Well, that crushed his opportunity to win. Mitt Romney played it safe. Mitt Romney was not a fighter. Mitt Romney was nice. And being nice, you know, notice all the people now that like Mitt Romney, they were the ones that were saying he's a misogynist and a racist. And he was cutting some kid's hair when he was at, you know, boarding school someplace. John McCain refused to go after Barack Obama on any of the substantive issues about his radical associations. You know, they barely allowed Governor Sarah Palin to do some of it at the end with heirs and Dorn. It was too late. He never, how do you explain 20 years in the, in the pews of Reverend Wright and being inspired by black, black liberation theology? I'm, black liberation 
theology is liberal, uh, literally, its foundations are in socialism. You know, is well, what's a community organizer? Who's Olinsky? What's Acorn? You know, what inspired him? They, they refused. John McCain was eviscerated by the mob media that had loved him prior to that because he was the maverick. And then they destroyed him. And then he sucks up to them. It's sort of like, man, it almost seems almost like somehow the presidential Stockholm syndrome of some kind. If anyone loses a presidential election, they go nuts. So my All argument right, to still, you, Bill, is being nice. It doesn't it, matter about being nice, though. You pick your battles. Everybody has to. I don't to. disagree with that. There are battles I wish you wouldn't pick. Yeah, there, I mean, I, I've said, I, I've on, said on the air Joe, before. Put, picking on Morning Joe is a waste of my tax money. <laughs> right? I mean, I, I, you know, look, if you, don't know, if you don't get Morning Joe by now, you're never going to get him. Okay, so um, when you write your book, Hannity, okay. you're basically coming at it from a much bigger um, platform than just Trump is better than Obama. You're, you're coming at it that if Obama wins the election, your vision of America disappears. And I have to say that I feel that as well. I, well, I, I, I warned that, about Obama, but the difference between Obama and Biden, the difference between the Democratic Party then and now. It's, it's substantial. Well, and, uh, well for example, Obama in, signaled that he signaled that last week when he would get when he gave. That oh, yeah. He, he, I mean, he even said at one point in this campaign, you, you know, I, I would never have gotten away with running on the things that this party is now running on. But he believed it. There were little moments of revelation, like, you know, where he would reveal his true values. You didn't build that or uh, yeah, then he yeah, would yeah, say yeah, about yeah, Joe yeah. the I mean, plumber. Oh, Remember that? We're going to spread yeah. the wealth around. Yes. So but now it's it's more of a hey, we want to take your private property if you're wealthy and if you're white, you're really not worthy. So now we're into real deep racism and real deep socialism, and that's the truth. But the but Democratic Party, you, you and you, come on, I'm, I'm interviewing you. You ready? All right. All right. Yes, sir. So you put yourself up along with Limbaugh and a few others as a defender of traditional America. Okay. When you do that. You become a target, a target of the far left. They want to destroy you. They tried to destroy me. They want to destroy you. How do you, as a human being, process that? You know, I I guess you build up antibodies. Bill, I'm going to say something, and I think a lot of people won't believe me. I don't care. This is not about me. Everything... I, I, my life has taken on, it has taken me places that I never dreamed I would go, that I feel undeserving of, and I feel extraordinarily humbled and grateful for. And right now, it's about your kids and my kids. And as you say, the folks, every everyone out there listening to us now, all of you driving, all of you at work, wherever you happen to be working out, it's about that. It's about us and our children and our, and our grandchildren. You know, so the answer is when the attacks come, I barely pay attention to them and it barely phases me. I, it, it, I mean, I don't love it when I see it. I don't like to be outright lied about it, but it's now become part of what is now hundreds of millions of dollars that are thrown at any conservative. And the purpose of which is to a get us distracted off our game and then to also drive people out of business through boycotts or demands right. for firing. You know, I've, I've been watching very, very closely 
the situation with Ellen. I, I don't know if you know Ellen. I've never met her. I know. See, I like her. I thought she's a good comedian. I think she does a nice, warm, friendly, funny show. Yep. Uh, what went on behind the scenes on her show? I do not know. I have no. I have zero insight except for what I read. But l- let's say that some of that is true. We're not in a society now where Ellen can say, "You know what? I was not aware of this. Not you know. I need to be better. Let me f- give me a chance to fix it." They want to cancel. They want to. They want to boycott. They want to d- demolish her. And I don't know why. I mean, it seemed to all start when she was laughing with George W. Bush. It did start then. I don't know really what the cancel culture is, uh, the ultimate goal here is. I think it's personal. It's probably that she offended somebody very powerful on the far left by doing something that we don't know about. But certainly they're trying to drive her out of business. There's no doubt. But let's get back to you. Can I add one other thing, though? Yeah. The Democratic Party today, we were talking about Obama. Obama hid his radicalism. I was trying to expose who he really was. And Obamacare was all the false promises that every socialist experiment, that, that they make it, but they never deliver on it. You the Democratic have a, Party. You and I have a difference of opinion about Obama in, in certain areas. And I'll just point to the fact that more people were deported under the Barack Obama administration than at any other administration in history. So while he did sympathize with income redistribution and with the left, he wasn't crazy left like the open border crew is. He was deporting people, and he was doing it aggressively. And that All right, you can look at it that way, but this is a guy, we'd get little glimpses, of, I believe, of the real Obama. I'm going to answer your question. Okay. Spread the wealth around. You didn't build that. You know, people might be surprised to know that Hillary and and Barack Obama were on record being against, for example, reparations. Now that's mainstream. This Democratic Party, and I said the canary in the coal mine politically, was Joe Lieberman, pre- former vice presidential candidate, one of the most decent men I've ever met. I love the guy. He's a great guy. Yeah, I, I know his wife and family. They're wonderful people. Yep. And they turned on him. This they, Democratic they Party now... And because he right. wasn't vicious toward the Republican Party. But Bolshevik, Bernie, but Bolshevik Bern, Bernie used to be like a fringe outsider, but now the 2020 candidate plagiarized and adopted his radical socialist agenda and is pledging trillions for AOC's new Green Deal. No, this is not know, Joe Biden's former Democratic Party by any stretch. But anyway, <laughs> let's get back to you. Yeah. you ha- I get furious. I get absolutely furious when people lie about me, when they try to hurt my children, which they do, when they uh, obviously perjure themselves and say horrible things not only about me, but my country. I get absolutely Irish crazy over it. Do you? On certain of those on your list is mine, certainly when my family has to gets dragged into things, it bothers me. Uh, I'm very blessed. I have, I have wonderful children and a family that understands that there is a you know significant portion of this country that thinks that I'm Satan. And they get it. They've lived with it their whole lives. And I'll be very honest, Bill, unless I'm on bar stools, my kids won't ever, or TikTok, my kids won't ever read or see anything about their dad. And And thankfully, they're living their own lives. Nobody likes being... Um, 
be, having their character assassinated unfairly. Why would you like that? You know, it's, it's not, by the way, it's, it's not for no reason that I have the two best libel slander attorneys in the country that I've retained, Charles Harder and Lynn Wood. That's yeah, not an accident, Bill O'Reilly. It's not an accident. You're taking Kung Fu lessons. So if it's not ever Kung Fu. You, they're going to be dust. I, I get it. But I'm glad to hear you admit that you do because we're human beings. And you may disagree with Hannity and O'Reilly. That's fine with me, by the way. I don't, mo- I don't want people in lockstep with everything I say. Challenge me. Ask me questions. You're the but you same know, But, way. Bill, you know what it is? We signed up for this. I, I give it out that, four hours a day. I'm sorry. I give opinions. I go after people. But I, I'm fair game. There are boundaries, and, and they have been obliterated. Those boundaries have been obliterated. All right? So people right, will Stay lie. right there. i got to take a break, though. All right. All right. Wrapping up the interrogation given to me on my own show by uh, Bill O'Reilly. Uh, time for a quick question and my 30-second answer. Your last Bill O'Reilly interrogation non-cupcake question. All right, if Trump loses, how are you going to handle it, Hannity? You know, people said that to me the other day. Well, you're going to move to Hannity, uh, move to Canada, right, Hannity? Uh, Juan Williams said it. I said, no, I'm dedicating the rest of my life, as long as I've been blessed with this microphone and camera, to fight for the cause of liberty and the cost of freedom and the greatest country God gave man. We withstood Obama. I would hate, I shudder to think the damage that the stated agenda of AOC, Bolshevik Bernie Biden would do, but I will fight for this country. I love it with all my heart, mind, and soul, and it's giving me a life that I don't deserve, that I want everyone else to have as well. All right. I got it. All right. BillOReilly.com. Thank you, sir. I survived. All right. Republican leader Kevin McCarthy, 90 days from Election Day. We'll get his thoughts next. Coming up next, our final news roundup and information overload hour. Sean Hannity's new book is now available. Live free or die in stores and online everywhere. But please clarify specifically, have you taken a cognitive test? No, I haven't taken a test. Why the hell would I take a test? Come on, man. That's like saying you, before you got in this program, if you take a test where you're taking cocaine or not, what do you think, huh? Are, are you a junkie? What do you say? I just, are you a junkie? Wow. Now, maybe Joe forgot, but he actually said, I take them all the time, the cognitive test. Of course, I'm taking a cognitive Hey, man, what do you, do you take cocaine? Are you a junkie? Oh, boy. You know, you give this guy five seconds to talk, and, and it becomes an unmitigated disaster. Come on, man. Man, come on, man. Come on. You, you, you take cocaine, and you are junkie? Wow. News Roundup Information Overload Hour. You can't make this stuff up. We are 90 days away, and you become the ultimate jury. One programming note, our Reagan Library event tonight, uh, and we have a big event tomorrow night open to the public. And you could be a part of it. All of it is on Hannity.com. Our electoral information app is available. Interactive map that you can find out. Well, when does early voting start? Well, in Florida, it's a little over three weeks. That's how soon. What, when do you need to register to vote? What about absentee voting? Just information for anybody that wants it, where you live, your state, your city, your town. Do you know the person that's running for Congress? Do you know if you have a Senate race this year? Because in 90 days... Uh, We're going to have the biggest tipping point crossroads election in our lifetime. And if I argue the Biden, Pelosi, Schumer, 
now Bolshevik Bernie economic czar agenda, the AOC trillions that that Joe has pledged to that madness, uh, Bozo's gun confiscation plan. Uh, America will become unrecognizable if those those stated plans are implemented. Joining us now with reaction, Republican leader Kevin McCarthy is with us. Uh, how are you, sir? I'm good, Sean. I just uh, I cringe when you sit for a moment and you seriously just listen to Joe Biden. He made no sense. And and remember, this is him with no schedule, just resting in his house, and this is how he reacts. What if he is in the Oval Office? You know the pressure that happens in that office. You know all the information you get every day of what's happening around the world, the pressure getting there. He will not be able to handle it. That's why he surrendered to Bernie Sanders. That's why Bernie Sanders says that he's going to have the most progressive presidency ever. Because we just watched another Democrat lose a primary, Lacey Clay, down in Missouri. To who? To AOC's crowd. They have taken over. And they're not Democrats. They're socialists. They have taken over that party, and he has now surrendered it to them. You know, I was saying this. I, I did a very brave thing. I allowed Bill O'Reilly to uh, give me a non-cupcake interview on my own radio show. <laughs> and I was saying to him that the Democratic Party, even Barack Obama, remember, you know, even like issues, reparations now, which is embraced by pretty much the entire Democratic Party, Barack Obama wasn't supporting and Hillary wasn't supporting. You know, yeah. they all supported open board, uh, cl- you know, closing up the borders and building walls until Donald Trump proposed it. There were there were little signs that Obama would go left. We're going to, you know, we're going to spread the wealth around and you didn't build that. And then, of course, his radical background, Alinsky, Acorn Community Organizing, Black Liberation Theology rooted in, in socialism and redistributionism. But now the difference is I never thought I would see a fringe candidate like Bernie Sanders exert so much influence over the Democratic Party that they literally plagiarize his socialism as part of what is, you know, one of the big uh, parties in this country to run on, or that you have a candidate pledging trillions on this new Green Deal madness that would also eliminate the lifeblood of the world's economy, energy, and with it, how many millions of jobs, high-paying career jobs. Joe Biden was to win, Bernie Sanders would be the president. That is the control that he has. And think about it. You're you're 100% correct. This new socialist Democratic Party is not the Democratic Party of the past. They want to defund the police, the Border Patrol, and the military. And that's not a fringe group saying it. That is the policy. That's Biden even agreeing with it. They want to destroy our small businesses and the entrepreneurs. He literally tells about the taxes I'm going to raise on you. I'm going to put you out of business. And then they want to dismantle everything we know about America. Why? Because Congresswoman Omar, who, who should understand the greatness of America. She was born in Somalia. She lived in a, in a res, refugee camp. And what did America do? Opened our arms. The greatness that America has done for millions of everybody life and brought you into this country. And you know what she was able to do? Be one of less than 11,000 people to ever serve in Congress. You would think, oh my God, we should duplicate this around the world. No, she wants to dismantle it. These are the leaders. 
And when you watch Joe Biden, he can't stand up to anything. And he has now let Bernie Sanders become the head of the party of the Democrats and now run the agenda. And he has just surrendered it and said, I'll do it. Whereas when you got President Trump, what is he talking about? Rebuilding economy greater than we've ever seen. Restoring our way of life, that you're safe going down the street, that your kids will be back at school, and renewing that American dream that we've all craved to have a part of, right? I mean, well, you're laying out these three principles. Tell everybody about it, and I, and I want to know if you're willing to take it further. Go ahead. I'm going to take it further. I mean, it's very clear. In any election, there's a contrast. And everybody says there's important elections, but this is much different than the others. And we've watched it because we watch it every night on the streets of Portland. I mean, you think about the major cities that the liberals run, and you're fearful to go to them. You should be fearful to live in a nation if the liberals run at all. We're talking about rebuilding the greatest economy ever. We know we've done it before, and we could do it again. We're talking about restoring our way of life, that you're no longer afraid to go down the street, that you're no longer afraid to send your kids to school and others, but also renewing the American dream that everybody has an opportunity. These are three cornerstones of what the Republicans are going to do, and we're going to lay out an agenda right underneath each and every one of them, and we're going to be clear and guarantee it to the nation. If they send a path where they put the Republicans into the majority, they give the president another term, they keep the Senate, this is what you'll see. Now, contrast to the rebuild, the restore, and renewing with what the Democrats are telling you. It's exactly what I said. They said they want to destroy the economy by raising your taxes. They want to dismantle America, our fundamental ways of life. And they, they're openly saying they want to defund the police. What has happened in New York? More shootings already than last year. In California, this governor is letting 8,000 people out of jail. We're you said something to rise. me. Yeah. You, you said to me that in California, they're going to allow people to vote 17 days after Election your Day ballot, and, and your, count it? Your ballot could come in 17 days later. Right now, they allow you to harvest. And see, now I want to tell everybody that the president has made it clear, and some people are trying to spread something different. If you, if you apply for an absentee ballot, there, there are certain checks, right? You've got to sign your abs- you've got to sign your voter registration. They check that with your voter registration when you sign for an application to vote by absentee. We want everybody to send those in. What the Democrats are doing now is saying no to absentee mailing. They want to do all mail-in ballot, where they just want to mail everybody they have on the voter rolls a ballot. Now, why does you know it sounds oh that would be fair, but why is that a problem? We watched court case after court case. L.A. had more people on the rolls than they had people. There had to be a lawsuit that Fenton brought to them where they had to take a million people off. We just had two people plead guilty in L.A. that they walked around signing up homeless people and taking their absentee ballots. In California, they changed the rules where they want to lower the age to 17. If somebody applies for the absentee before, you would have to sign it, and they would check it before they opened now they allow people to go harvest them, to knock door to door, to pick up your ballot, not knowing whether you voted it or not. But you know the other who little Who picks thing? up the ballot and who, you know, maybe I'm just suspicious because I grew up in New York and I'm not that trusting. Uh, what are the odds that there might be people picking up ballots that have a nefarious uh, plan that they might want to alter ballots? Alter them, turn them in, not turn them in. But these are things that you talk about in your your new book, which I think is fabulous. But think about this. One of the fundamental things we know about America, it's almost the secrecy of our ballots. We don't have to tell people how we vote, right? We go into the voting posts. We can close our drapes. 
and we can vote, and we can vote for whoever we want. What they're doing now by making all melon, they're trying to do intimidation. They're trying to know who you vote for. Just like they try to intimidate what you can and cannot say, what shirt, what T-shirt you could wear, of whether you keep your job or not, right? If you support one news agency over another, well, you need to get a million-dollar cut in pay. You no longer can coach. Who knows if that's just a comfortable shirt or not? I like but what you're saying. You have your, your, your three R's, as you call them. Yes. I don't understand. It's been over 25 years, the contract with America. I don't, it doesn't have to be a contract. Call it whatever you want. Um, but aren't, there's such a dramatic difference. Shouldn't we nationalize the election so that we're, you know, lower taxes, secure borders, uh, conservative justices, constitutional justices, um, with that peace that. through that strength, under, restoring the economy. Dream. Exactly. Building of the greatest economy. It'll sit pinpoint which pieces of legislation come through, your way of life. Do you get a choice in school? Uh, do you have an opportunity on different parts? American dream to have the fairness of where you go, the law enforcement, the others. You'll have each and every one and will guarantee. Uh, look, I believe if you're going to run for office, you've got to tell people what you're going to do. You've got to make a commitment that this will happen if they trust you with the power to be able to move it through. You will see, like the contract with America came out, September 27th, the Pledge to America in 2010 came out on the 23rd. We want to make sure that everybody's on board from the presidency on down, that we have a path. And it's very clear. Think about it. And the contrast, renewing the American dream, restoring our way of life, rebuilding the greatest economy versus defunding the police, dismantling America, and destroying what we know is the fundamental part of building a small business. That's what the Democrats are saying. That's what they're doing. That's what they're pledging. And let's have the Republicans pledge exactly what we will do. All right, Kevin McCarthy. Look, I, I think you've got to win, in my opinion. If you're going to vote for Trump, don't forget about the Republican senator and the congressman. Because yeah. otherwise you're going to have Pelosi and Schumer stopping everything that Trump wants to do. And then here we go with impeachment one, two, three, four, and 5 if he wins re-election, which I think he has a good shot at. All right, uh uh, thank you, House Republican Leader Kevin McCarthy. People want to get in contact with you. How do they do it? Just go to takethehouse.com if you really want to make a difference and make sure the Republicans are in the majority. All right. Thank you, Kevin McCarthy. 890 days. 941-SEAN. Uh, we'll get to your calls next. All right, let's get to our phones. Uh, at the bottom of the half hour, we're going to get an update with Louis Gohmert. He had contracted COVID. How is he doing? It's been almost a week. I've been checking in with him regularly. Uh, that's coming up. Let's get a call in. Uh, let's say hi to Colleen in Wisconsin. Colleen, we're going to be watching very closely in 90 days your great state of Wisconsin. For Donald <laughs> Trump to win the presidency, your state is critical. It is. And I, and I want to share with people, and thanks for taking my call. I worked for the 2007 election in, in Minnesota at the time and worked for a very suburban precinct. I had 667 same-day registrants that came in to vote that could not prove, and I'm going to say that again, could not prove any legitimate source, whether it's uh, you bring in uh, a bill from where you live, any significant ID whatsoever, 667 in my precinct alone could not prove anything. And the two election judges working, because I was a poll challenger at the time, and I was working for Senator uh, Coleman, and literally, they literally said, Colin, you can't touch them, they, they have the right to vote. I said, 
Everyone has the right to vote, but legitimately. But they let them vote anyway. So I took those 667 same-day registrants after the election, after the loss and all that, took them to the Secretary of State in Minnesota, and I sure hope they're hearing this. And I had the Secretary of State say to me, well, Colleen, they get mailed a postcard to the residents. If we come back, if it comes back, we know that it's that they don't live there. And I said, well, then, then what happens? He goes, nothing. No one prosecutes. And I said, what about me? I got 667 same day. He just shook his head and walked away. I said, I'm voting Donald Duck. Oh, my gosh. This is, this is bad. That's funny. Now, from Washington to Wisconsin, which was mm-hmm. five years ago, I actually got a mail-in ballot mailed to me in Wisconsin. Oh, and I was grief. registered here. So, actually, I could have voted twice. <laughs> Of course, you have too much integrity to do that, um, which I think others might not. Uh, all right, got to run. Thank you, Colleen. When we come back, Louis Gomert, we'll get a quick update. How he, How is he doing now? A week COVID-19 positive. Uh, how, how he's treating it, how he's doing. Uh, that and your calls, final half hour. Straight ahead, we'll continue. 25 to the top of the hour. Thank you for launching us. Number one, uh, Amazon.com, Hannity.com. I, the definitive book, What is at Stake? In 90 days, we are at the 90-day mark, the three-month mark. We've got great events. Uh, Reagan Library of a special event that all of you can participate in after the show tomorrow and one about Linda, she'll be a part of on Friday. Again, all free, online. We'll tell you where to go. Uh, all the information on Hannity.com. Our interactive election map on Hannity.com. Early voting. By the way, when do you register? When is your registration deadline, if there is one? Uh, also, early voting. Florida starts in just a few weeks. Are you ready? Are you registered? Do you care? I hope you care because, well, if the stated plans of of Biden, Pelosi, Schumer, and the economic czar, Bolshevik Bernie, and the new Green Deal czar, AOC, and Biden pledging trillions for that, and Beto Bozo, the confiscation gun czar, uh, it's not going to be, it's irreparable harm. I don't see how you ever recover. Uh, We do have the best, again, Hannity.com for all this information. Uh, The interactive map is up there, too. Let me just say this. Uh, We have a great staff here. Wonderful team. And today, well, let's let the Beatles tell the story. That's right. It's somebody's birthday. Katie works on the program. You know, it's been hard on the staff. Now, we all take turns with very, very limited, I mean, bare bones staff in the studio. They get sanitized every day. Same with TV. We have literally two or three control rooms to put on Hannity every night, not just one, to keep people safe. And uh, anyway, so I haven't seen my staff in a while. I miss everybody. Well, I talk to them on air, etc. Happy birthday, Katie. You're only 21. Congratulations. You're legal. You're going to go get a cocktail. So Katie is so nervous because <laughs> I she never talks on the air, and I'm staring at her. She's like, I don't even have to, I don't know how to turn my mic on. I don't know how this thing works. <laughs> <laughs> Happy true. birthday, Katie. Thank Thanks you, for Sean. your heart. Thank you holding you so up. Much. You're okay during COVID? Yeah, I'm okay. I'm doing okay. I miss my family. They're in Texas. but um, Yeah, where we all should be. What are we doing here? What know, are, I'm so stupid. Why are we, know, we need Let's to get all the go to Katie's family's house. I hear they've got, they make great brisket. I say we they go do. tomorrow. Oh, it's really? True. Brisket? Do you do? I like um, pork ribs. Do you make good pork ribs, Katie, um, Mom? 
You know what? Uh, sometimes, you know, Texas is more of a beef uh, state, but we love both, you know, so uh, listen, brisket I'll eat, for sure. I'll eat those ribs, too. I'll eat any ribs. I'll eat anything I can get a hand, <laughs> my hand on. Uh, well, anyway, happy birthday, Thank and uh, I'm very blessed to have you and our entire team on radio and TV. I have the best people on earth. And Linda's really your boss, so, I mean, is she a tough <laughs> boss or no? No. Well, first of all, <laughs> first of first all, of all I am not a, I, I am a boss All right, boss they're not going to tell only. you that you are because they're afraid of you. No one is afraid they're of me. They're more afraid of you than they are of me. <laughs> I'm a very kind person. I don't know what you're uh-huh. talking about. Katie, what did I give you for your birthday today? Birthday. You gave me cupcakes from cupcakes. Magnolia Bakery. And she has a present in her Oh, I got card. a cupcake today from O'Reilly. I let him interview me on the show. <laughs> that was show. a very a salty cupcake, cupcake. That was not a good cupcake at all. It was a very different kind of cupcake. <laughs> I, I, you know, he went out of his way for a month. You're not getting a cupcake interview for me on your book, Live Free or Die, Hannity. It's going to be the real deal. Like, okay, you want me to lose sleep? I sat next to Rosie O'Donnell. This doesn't get any worse than that. You know that. what we I've should do, over- Sean? We should send, what? like, boxes of cupcakes to Bill's house. <laughs> yeah, I think you're right. With, like, all, like, with, like, the live for your die, like, wrapping paper and be like, here's what your cupcake. What is the expensive cupcake in Mag- Mag- Or even Magnolia? just with her face oh, on it. Magnolia, Magnolia Bakery? Cupcakes Katie, do you here. know anything about Magnolia Bakery cupcakes, Katie? Uh- uh, yeah, you brought them to me today. Her super mean boss, her terrible boss brought her Magnolia. It's terrible. This is really okay. difficult. They're delicious. Now, don't make fun of me. I don't. Why I, not? I've, I've had them. To me, they're just like a cupcake. I'm not a real sweet guy. But if, if I go to. I could take to, that so many ways, but I'm going to let you go. go okay. I don't, I, don't, I don't have a sweet tooth. How's that? There you but go. But if you go to your local grocery store, you know the batter. What do you call? What's the name of the company? The, you know, where you make cakes? They give you the batter. Put a couple of eggs, a little bit Betty of milk Crocker? in. Betty Crocker? Yeah, Betty Crocker. That's it. Okay. You know what? And then you take the prepared icing in the can and you put it on top. That, by the way, that's my favorite. I like that more Duncan than- Duncan Hines, Pillsbury. I like that more than the really expensive Magnolia cupcakes It's kind of with like the, the Campbell's chicken noodle soup cake. of cakes. It's the Campbell's of cakes. I love Campbell's chicken noodle soup. I've stocked up on it ever since I've been on my diet, and it saves me from getting uh, gaining weight. All right, we got to let you go. Katie, happy birthday. We love you. Thank you. All our best to you and your family today. I hope you enjoy the day. Thank you so much, Sean. Uh, <laughs> time to head to the great state of Texas. Uh, our dear friend, Louis Gomert, uh, was diagnosed with COVID-19. It's been about a week now, right? It's been a week, exactly. Yes, yeah. uh, it was Wednesday of last week when um, I was planning on going to Midland with President Trump. And uh, you, you've known the man for so long. So many people don't realize how funny he is. But when he called me uh, Wednesday night um, and he said, hey, Louie, I'm so sorry you didn't make the trip. And I said, well, I'm really grateful you invited me because if you hadn't, I would never have known that I had COVID, at least not now. And he said, oh, so you're saying I saved your life. (laughs) Of course that's He's hilarious. Well, the two people that it's safest to be around in the world are the president and uh, the ever-confused, confounded Joe Biden, because anyone that gets around either one of them, which, by the way, is the right thing to do, in my opinion, uh, has to take a test. So you took it just trying to aboard Air Force One, and it came up negative. Right. So tell me, number one, symptoms, well, how you're feeling, how you're treating. Uh, well, I'm feeling well, but maybe it's because I got it all so quickly. There are great doctors here in East Texas that have been grateful, greatly helpful. And, um, and others, the uh, Dr. Bartlett and friends in Midland uh, have been pushing the steroid nebulizer, use that. 
but I'm really doing extremely well. And I, I heard uh, the news this week from Desivere. Uh, it's a huge breaking news that they have found uh, it can reduce 15 days of symptoms to 11. And I'm going, dang, it's been a week. And this this other regimen has, has helped me profusely. It makes me wonder, you know, if money is not behind a lot of the pushback. Ah, I, you and I think alike but, because it, it costs three to 10 cents a dose for hydroxychloroquine, 65 years, uh, the premier expert. Yeah. 400 peer-reviewed articles, Dr. Daniel Wallace, Cedar sinai Los Angeles. Mm-hmm. I mean, th- this guy wrote the, t- the lupus textbook and has been on every lupus board, rheumatoid arthritis board, has written yeah. about anti-malaria. He could have 400 peer-reviewed articles when he wrote his April 6th letter <clears throat> and said that he's never had a complications mm-hmm. in 42 years of dispensing this 65-year-old drug and then goes into the very specific dosage that is given out to people a loading dose of 600 milligrams followed by 400 milligrams, he said, mm-hmm. for 30 or 60 days. It's, yep. The risk is nil. His words, not mine. So are you taking yep. are you taking uh, a combination of hydroxy and azithromycin and zinc? Yep, yep, and uh, vitamin D3 and C. And, and uh, you know, it, it's, it's all been extremely helpful. About the only residual thing, I, I'm, I'm a little raspier. My voice is a little raspier, but... The great thing is, man, I was able to jump on your book first thing yesterday, and I've got one chapter left. Great job, Sean. That That is so fabulous. And I love the way you start with such great history. I mean, it, that that is the way the country was founded. And you start the book with the great concrete foundation and go from there. It, it's just fabulous. Just great. Uh, I'm, I know it was a pain in the rear for you to do the book. But I am. So I think the moment calls for it, Louis. We, you know, it we're did. not allowed it to did. talk Absolutely. about American greatness, American exceptionalism. We, but for the United States of America beating back evil forces everywhere around the world in the last century, we we lost a hundred million human souls. And but for America's freedom and liberty that led to innovation, wealth creation and literally advancing the human condition in ways nobody imagined. Yep. I, I can't imagine, and, and yet we have this group of people committed to to following in the footsteps of every system that has failed in all the varying forms with all the different names, but radical socialism. It's sad to me, but that's what is at stake in 90 days. Yeah, it, it absolutely is, and you documented that so well. All the failures uh, around the world and historically, and anyway, it's just a fabulous book, and I, I'm so glad you did. I know it was a pain, but it is also scary as you go through your book to realize how close we have come to losing it all, to becoming the United Socialist States of America, and between the media and those that have been uh, miseducating young people for so long. It really has gotten dangerous. And so, anyway, the one thing people didn't count on was this guy named Trump. And uh, I I really think they thought if they just bombarded him, his family, his friends, that he would resign within six months. There were a lot of indications they thought that. And obviously, they didn't know the guy like you did. Let me go back to your personal health for a minute. Okay, what are your symptoms now? What have the symptoms been a week with covid 
Wh- wh- how are you feeling specifically? Have you had a fever, coughing? Have you have you lost your sense of smell or taste? <laughs> well, you know, I I did have a cough, and um, let's see, I haven't really lost the sense of taste, and I've got. A, friend bringing a steak tonight I'm really looking forward to but um anyway I'm I'm let's see fever continued to check that may have uh, uh flirted with it early on but haven't for a number of days and uh, there was the general malaise uh, the achiness uh, soreness uh that was a problem uh, I don't have that right now but um uh, I, I really think getting so early in with the hydroxychloroquine and the Z-Pak, uh, zinc, that, I really think that helped make a difference. And uh, so, I've Has your doctor given you any indication about how long your symptoms will last, how long until you get the all clear, hopefully sooner than later? Well, I'm told that uh, hopefully I'll get the all clear uh, by this weekend, and uh, one of the things I'm looking forward to, and I always knew if I ever got this, I definitely wanted to give the plasma and the antibodies that they could use to help others. So I'm looking forward to that. Hopefully, we'll be doing that next week. Yeah, that's the but convalescent uh, uh, plasma. Yeah, well, look, exactly. um, we just exactly. want you to be well. Godspeed. Um, and are, are you going to stay on it? Like, for example, I know some people that stayed on it seven days, some 10 days, some 14 days. Mm -hmm. As I said, Dr. Wallace said you can do this regimen easily for 30 to 60 days, which I had not heard a lot of people doing, but maybe, maybe a good idea. Mm -hmm. You and your doctor will decide. Have you thought about it? Uh, Yes, I have. Now, Rand texted me and said, uh, hey, man, you're going to be immune to uh, very, you know, after 10 days or so. And I didn't realize that that would be the case, but, uh, um, it sounds like there are those who believe that once you've had it, that uh, you, you you don't have to continue to do preventive stuff. But it also sounds like a CQ, uh, the hydroxychloroquine is a good preventive if you hadn't gotten it. But I'm certainly going to continue for uh, for 10 days and then see from there. All right. Well, hang in there, Louis Gorman, in our prayers. We love you. We Sean. miss you. We want you healthy. We want you back soon. This invisible enemy, we, we have, you know, worst pandemic since 1917 and 18. And uh, uh, we know you're going to recover. We're wishing you the best. Keep us up to speed. Uh, those studies that sh- show you, when you take it early like you did, um, you know what? It, it, they've had incredible results. Uh, the uh, the Sinai, Mount Sinai study, the, the study by uh, Ford, Ford Hospital, et cetera, that medical study, Henry Ford. Anyway, Louie, we love you. Thanks, my friend. All right, that's going to wrap things up for today. Uh, Looking forward to the Reagan Library event tonight. Uh, Very honored and open to the public. You special event tomorrow night. We want you to be a part of it. Anybody can come. All the details online, Hannity.com. Don't forget our election interactive map. Uh, Right now, Amazon has a deal. It's 34% off. Live free or die. Get it as cheap as you can. That's my advice. Uh, and you could just pass it around to friends. And uh, this defines what's going to happen in 90 days. Hannity tonight, Lindsey Graham, Dan Bongino, Pete Hegseth, Greg Abbott, Carl Rove. 
And Lawrence Jones, well, he's got great questions. 9 Eastern tonight, set your DVR. Looking forward to seeing many of you tonight. 7 o'clock Eastern, 4 o'clock Pacific, Reagan Library. We'll see you then. Hannity tonight at 9, set your DVR. And we'll be back here tomorrow.